Hello, everyone. We're going to talk about racing pigeons today. I know it's a uh, it's a big part of the hobby. I got Chris here with me, and uh, Chris, how many how many racers do you have right now flying around? Uh, currently, I have ten. That's it. Okay. Any uh, any bloodline with big names in there, or you just got some regular old racers? Uh huh. So I don't have anything with a big name, okay. but the ones that I do have, um, well, let me clarify. Um, so a lot of my, a lot of my stock is from Federation raced birds. Um, All right. And uh, the the line that I first started out with that was gifted to me, uh, the gentleman was kind enough to share race sheets with me. Um, oh. In the, uh, you know, with a race with with homers, with racing homers, uh, the results are more important to me than the color. I got uh, you, yeah. You know, that's... So, the names, I don't... I had a Muleman squeaker one time. Okay. Um, the, my red one. And, uh, unfortunately, the last release I did, he didn't come home. Hmm. Um... And that was kind of sad. It was a beautiful little pigeon, and he and flew good, flew real good. But uh, is that that red one? Yeah, beautiful red. Uh, one. It was it was a shame to lose him. Um, you know, he had he had done everything a good racing pigeon should do, and I was I was kind of sad about that when it when he went away. I had I lost a few of them. Uh, on that trip and which is something that happens unfortunately sometimes i i don't know exactly what happened but oh, there's so many variables when, when those birds turn loose um you can do everything you can prepping the birds you know checking the skies before you let them loose everything weather um, yeah. but there's there's a lot of things you know and i'd say one of the biggest ones especially if you're covering any kind of distances you know, birds of prey are everywhere right now. And, uh, you know, we, man, we could talk just about that sometime, but you know, it, it is a problem. It's a real problem. You know, these are by their nature, they'd migrate and move on to different places. But, um, I know, especially, you know, in more populated settings that they have so much of a feed source all the time that a lot of guys have a hard time even training their birds, even if they're flying rollers and stuff like that, just around their loft. So, if you're driving miles out and cutting birds loose, you know, between that spot and their loft, even if they don't get, you know, hit by that bird and they get, you know, they can drive them in all different directions until they kind of get their bearings back. Yeah, that's, that's what I've experienced. I haven't, I haven't lost one to a bird of prey that I've, that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never seen it happen. Uh, but I have had, uh, I have had scatters where they just, yeah, yeah especially in my rollers, because a roller, a roller doesn't fly like a regular bird. It's not that it rolls, but it goes around in circles in the same spot all day. Mm -hmm. It's like waving a big flag for them guys. Yeah. But, um, and and I'll say I noticed um, my son flies the Birmingham rollers, and so when he would get out of school, he would fly them. Right after we got home, and I noticed that we would get more birds of prey, you know, like at 4:30, 5 o'clock, 
it's like they knew at that time that there would be birds up in the air. Oh yeah. And uh, so we tried to we tried to break it up a little bit. And I'll, while he's at school, I might kick him out, you know, and fly him in the middle of the day, or sometimes he'll fly him in the morning, uh, just to try to break up the routine a little bit. Um, we don't really have. Um, I'm up in northern AZ, and we don't really have too much birds of prey because we got ravens. We got these big ravens, and uh, man, they they bully those birds of prey. They get all over them when they come flying around out here. And the ravens, I've never had problems with. They'll uh, they're more like a how you say like a a big brother. You know, like they'll see a kit flying, and they might change direction just to kind of fly by the kit and get them to freak out a little bit, and then they just keep on moving. No, they don't, I've never seen them attack or anything like that. I think they just kind of like flexing a little bit on them. They like they like to hassle them a little bit, but they'll be they'll be more apt to steal the eggs than they would anything else. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that the ravens are pretty good about going after the eggs, and took, I haven't had that big of an issue with that at all. They took uh, they used to take a, when I had the turtles. They took a bunch of the eggs. That was uh, kind of devastating. But oh, uh, wow. They'll take a they'll take a baby too. They'll take the squabs out of the nest. Yeah. See, I, there's no access. I mean, I guess unless those if those ravens trap in, then I got a raven. But well, they're, um, they're smart <laughs> enough. They can they oh, can yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Well, I've I've heard some cool stuff about how smart those ravens really are. Oh yeah. Um, I think it's a bird you want around to keep the hawks away for sure. Yeah, because they they're kind of they are the bosses up here. I mean, they'll go after red tails and everything. I mean, they push them all off. I which mean, I appreciate that. <laughs> right? I saw a deal where um, it said that a raven, and I mean, it's not really off topic, kind of, but whatever. Um, where they said a raven or a crow uh, is the only thing that bothers an eagle. And the only, really? way, the, the only way an eagle can get him off his back, because they'll sit on their, they'll hitch a ride on their back and peck the hell out of him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so the only way you can get him off his back is to fly so high. That the that can't um, that the other bird can't breathe. Wow, that's so pretty that, extreme. Yeah, well, it's. I mean, I wonder how long it took. I wonder how long it took eagles to figure out that they had to go up forty thousand feet <laughs> to get rid of the crow. Right. Yeah. 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 And hand that information down. Right. The um, <laughs> with uh, so you're not. Do you belong? You don't belong to any of the race clubs in that area, do you? No, um, so I'm in. I'm pretty remote. Uh, not really remote, but I am. Uh, I'm in the northeast corner of one county, and I'm in the. Actually, I'm in the northeast corner of corner of both counties. Okay. Uh, so basically, it. I I'm so far off the line of flight that it's doesn't it's not I could lose birds just because you know they overfly into somebody else's they, if they're flocked together um, I'm in I'm in the wrong direction yeah well yeah, I know but, you also need to live within a certain you know vicinity of a particular race club you know right. if you know if for because I've called some of the different race clubs down at I think there's two or three down in Phoenix, pretty big ones. And, um, you know, I've called down there and, you know, you got to be within so many miles of this major intersection. And, you know, I got a, uh, um, a neighbor who's, well, 
he's about 15 miles away but he has racers and he was even talking about starting the arpu club up here but i mean if if you kind of look at where things have been going i mean i'm not even going to say it like where do you, i'll just ask you where do you think pigeon racing is really going towards what direction uh they're all going to be made in china yeah yep that's right you're going to look on the bottom of a pigeon and you're going to see that famous stamp that's right so they're all going to be made in china that's no kidding they are buying every single winning one loft race pitching there is right now. yeah and that's they it right there that's it's the one loft i mean that's the one loft is taking over yep. the, the cl- club racing is just plus it's super expensive to club race i mean you're talking i mean like most most state club breeds or specialty club breeds dues are like 10 to 15 dollars a year man look at what it costs to be in a race club it's expensive and then you're buying a clock um and um, don't get me wrong like i think it would be really cool if there was a race club up here <laughs> but now with the electronic <clears throat> you know you got that little pad that they land on you know yeah it's it's gotten really expensive and and, and also yeah one loft racing is also expensive sometimes depending on what you're getting into um, but there are some realistic one-off races where you could put a few birds into and it's not going to break your bank. And even if you place down to like, isn't it like 20th or 30th place? Like you're still getting paid out on some of those? Usually it's like 30th. And then there, yeah. sometimes sometimes there's even a percentage um, where it'll pay your perch fees mm-hmm. or, or something like that. You know, if you hit in a certain percentile, uh, yeah. there's so a, lot of, yeah, a lot of variables. Yeah. And I think that's all stuff that's built that that the one loft managers are trying to promote it and keep it attractive. Which yeah. that's one thing is you got to keep it attractive. Uh, right. A lot of the reason why I haven't I haven't gotten into the club racing, um, it's that well. So the direction of where I'm at is one thing, mm-hmm. but I could, you know, there's nothing saying that I couldn't involved just to be involved in the sport but um the clocks are expensive everything's super expensive mm-hmm. and i can get so many more uh you know, there's so much more real not reward i mean money wise we're talking money you know we're racing for money right um you know it's it's so much different all i have to do is breed birds um, breed good birds and send them out to the one loft races, right? Right. Uh, versus me having to to breed a whole team, raise the team, vaccinate the team, uh, you know, all all that stuff, and keep them. I got to keep them alive all year. I got to train them all, and that's a considerable amount of driving. You're learning that right now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've been uh, I've been kind of like so kids started going back to school like a week ago, and uh, what I've been doing now is I create the birds up in the morning. Uh-huh. Like this morning, I just I was driving and I look, I'm I'm still training a young bird team, so I'm not doing like dramatic distances right now. Right. Um, so when I when I was first starting, I would create them, I'd put them on my four wheeler, and I would just go because I got a lot of dirt roads out here, so I just go down a dirt road in all the four directions and do half mile, one mile. But I'm I'm at about five miles now. So now, on the drive into school, I'm oh my odometer's at about five miles. I pull off the side of the road, drop the tailgate, you know, let one of the kids open it up and let the birds fly, and then close it back up and take them to the bus stop, you know. Nick, um, yes. Yeah. So the driving aspect has been okay, and 
you know, I live in the middle of nowhere, so everywhere I go, it's a heck of a drive. So as long as I got my birds ready to go, I could just take them with me and let them out. Um, they did yeah, pretty good. I, my flight team is small, but, uh, you know, I, I've really taken my time with, you know, and a lot of guys were giving me guff about it, you know, that I, you know, I should have started off really far and just whatever didn't make it, didn't make it. But I don't got 30 birds to work with. You I, know, think I've, a, uh, I think that's a machismo thing myself. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the Spartan way to do it, man. I mean, <laughs> you know. Oh, I, I sent 30 birds out, but the two I got back, man, hey, these are some badass birds right here. These, you are, know? these are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, now I'm flying two birds, you know. So and I, I'm flying eight birds, I think, right now is what it is. It's not that many. Um, but they're all come back home, and they're coming home quick. And I'm not, you know, I'm in no wicked rush to get them at these big distances. You know, this is totally an enjoyment thing for me. Right. Yeah, that's that's what's up, though. At least you're getting to to fly them. Unfortunately, I have I'm guilty. I haven't been flying as much as I would like. And the whole point, the whole reason I'm flying racing pigeons is because I hope to get uh, to develop birds that are are good enough for one loft racing. Right. Um, I'm not actively racing. I'm breeding right now. Yeah. And I'm training birds uh, so I can see, you know, kind of get a good handle on what type of pigeons I have in my loft. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've got a sheets on them, you know, or on, on my, especially my blue birds. Uh, the off-color birds, I don't have any documentation on them. But the, the man showed me, you know, what he's got and that kind of stuff. And I didn't, uh, they were gifted to me. Um, so, you know, when, when you get these one loft race birds back, they can't be, they can't be home. They've got to be kept as prisoners. Yep. They're breeders. And that's, that was a hard concept for me to start. Um, same here. Yeah, same here. I was like, man, I have to, I can't fly these birds. <laughs> you know, I, there's no chance. Like for real and they're like yeah you know if you if you turn them loose they're gonna come back here that was so uh the the guy i got the first set of birds from you know he kind of mentored me a little bit and he's more practical he's, he's very practical you know uh he's not a he's not a super it, it's not all super strict he does what works and he does what has you know been effective yeah. but uh he he talked me through a lot of stuff when i lost my first bird i was pretty pretty bummed out you know that kind of stuff but he's yeah. he's been he's been up there in the numbers and the races and stuff so i'm pretty i'm i'm hoping that uh i can raise the birds as good as he can yeah because i've got the bloodline i right. just need, you know uh it's there I just need to work with them now, you know. Um, that's where yeah. the husbandry and everything comes in. I think that's oh, that, one thing. That, that sets, plays a big part, yeah. Yeah, that's that's one thing that sets any farm apart uh, and any, any animal, you know, the husbandry. I don't care what kind of bloodlines you got. If you're, if you can't feed them, um, you know, if, they, they'll look you get two different birds out of two farms with the same bloodline yeah 
DM. Yeah. So I think it's like half of my team um, was given to me by a, uh, a racer guy out of Phoenix, real nice guy. He gave me these, and these came from he uh, a winner from a loft race in Atlanta. I don't know what loft that is, what race that is, but it, it did really good. And, I mean, I, I do believe in bloodlines, but, I mean, obviously the the pick a champion that wins and wins and wins that's 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 more important to me personally and i know that's kind of like the bloodline versus the results you know are you so, breeding champion breeding you know bloodlines together you know and getting right. these scions and you know stuff like what this we, i think what's more important than a win is a record of success um, yeah. and success doesn't well, it does mean that you're winning. But, uh, I mean, I could... I think, you know, as luck would have it, anybody could could go in there and, and with some smoke and hot birds and, and find a, you know, get lucky. But a record of success, I think, is more important than a million-dollar win. Yeah, a one-off. Yeah, you got to have that consistency too. Right. Uh, you know, that's I. There's too many, too many variables. But if you can stay consistent with those variables, um, you know, in play, I think that's a, also a good. Uh, that's I look for that more than a than a, a bird that's you know one at the Pattaya or something. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. The, um, yeah, go on. Nah, I'm, I'm, you're good. I was going to say one of the really interesting things to me is, you know, they, the whole idea about, you know, they don't even know, no one can agree on why these birds do what they do. I mean, like not having a big, not having a big flight team and I'm like five miles away from the home and I'm like, uh, hey. Just open it up, man. You talk about like a leap of faith, man. That's what I feel like because I, I do. I, I love my birds, but I don't, you know, lose them or nothing, you know. But uh, it, it's really wild that they don't know how it works. But um, I think about like the how they use the it's pigeons. Exciting. It's it exciting. is, yeah. And then I love waiting for them to come home. You know, like I'll, I'll like the other day I did one and my son was home and I texted uh, my wife and I was like, hey, uh, tell the boy to go outside. I just the birds are in the air right now, so. I want to know which one is coming home first, and it's exciting to watch them come home. And when I when I would kind of first push them out, I could beat them home, you know. But uh, especially when I was on my quad and stuff, you know, it was it was a pretty close race. I'd look up and they'd be right above me sometimes. It was pretty cool. But uh, I, I'm I'm always so curious about how during the wars, how did how did they do that with the mobile offs? Because I've read about it a little bit. And I know with like roller guys, you know, I've seen roller mobile loss, but I mean, we're talking homing pigeons. We're talking racers that would, they'd move the front forward in these mobile offs on those old trucks, you know? And I've heard that they put big copper plates underneath of them. And, um, you know, I, I'm always just so curious about how they, uh, how they got those pigeons to come back off instead of just, and I know they also had permanent lofts that they would return to also, but on the front, those were totally mobile. Those were trucks with the loft on the back of them. And the well, birds would trap back. They were coming back that way. Good. They would come back to that mobile truck and, and tag back in. It, and they, they say they put these big copper plates because they didn't really know they were kind of shooting in the dark. And, a lot of, you know, there was bases with law, you know, and that. Take, 
what does it take? How long does it take from, uh, but from the time they hatch to the to the time they fly? What eight weeks? Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, they're up about there. Eight eight weeks. So it takes twenty one days to make a baby, and it takes ten days to breed. Man, you could have them set up in three months. And going, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty practical. Uh, you know, any other animal, they ain't <laughs> gonna be doing that in three months. It's gonna take three years just to get them out of diapers. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the uh, uh, the racing pigeon digest, and they had an article on there about the cup winning and it was a, about race. You know, and then, you know, that just, that boggles. I mean, you know, me and you were what, 200 miles apart. And I mean, you know, a 200 mile race isn't even much to these guys. And for me, I'd be like, man, I would be, I'd be pretty nervous. You know, they'd have to fly over some mountains and stuff like that. But it's incredible that these people do this. Um, that one big race up in Utah where they fly back to Arizona, you know, they have to fly over the Grand Canyon. I just think that's wild. You know, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I want to. I want to, I love those drone videos where they, or the helicopter videos where they documented uh, that Africa race. The, yeah. What is it? The Queens something falls, Victoria falls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they got, they're chasing that whole, that whole one loft race with the helicopter. It is so amazing. Well, that's cool. Yeah. They actually just, a, uh, a friend just sent me a link to a video about a documentary of pigeon racing actually in Arizona. Um, man, yeah, I can't think of... Yeah, the pigeon people. I heard about that. And Yeah, that's it, yeah. Pigeon people, yep. And yeah. it was funny because I was watching that and I was like, oh, I know that one guy there, man. That one guy, um, I can't pronounce his last name. His first name is Bobby. He has the handlebar mustache. Um, I ended up getting a pair of Van Loon racers from that guy. I mean, he had some incredible bloodlines i mean he had some birds brought over from belgium and uh some really high quality birds he had over there i'm looking forward to it whenever that comes out i don't know if it's going to be a youtube thing or amazon or what but uh yeah i want to check that out when that comes out that looks pretty cool yeah that's, that's good it's the underground pigeon racing community. oh man they so, yeah i was like that's pretty dramatic <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah, the shady backwards of racing. Yeah, that's they opened it up pretty well there. Um, from a, million dollar pigeon. That was a pretty stop good one. in Marana, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you. Yeah, that's that'll be a good one. Million dollar pigeon. That was a good one um, for racing pigeon stuff. I like that. That was a pretty good documentary. Oh yeah. Um, I was kind of hard to find you. You pointed me in the right direction for that, but uh, I mean, even in that one, you know, they, they're heavy into the one loft stuff. And, yeah. uh, you know, that just, you know, the different magazines I'm reading about it and stuff like that, you kind of slowly see it going to this one loft thing pretty heavy. Um, but, you know, there is something kind of cool about, you know, when you read about the, the way the clubs do, you know, they kind of have like a place they all get together. So that's cool. You know, you get to get, the, you get to get, you know, with all these other guys who are racing birds, you know, it's hang out like a with race, them and, a horse racing track. Same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wasn't this supposed to be the, uh, the poor man's horse racing is pigeon racing and now they're selling birds for two million bucks a piece. <laughs> yeah, well yeah. And <laughs> but, 
You don't even know if that bird's going to make a winner ever again. That's what's so right. funny about it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's won a bunch of races, so it's a damn good bird. But if you don't have the combination, you're not right. you're not going to open that door. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I know, like another, like China's definitely, in the Philippines too, they're definitely blowing up with the pigeon racing stuff. And it's yeah. all, it's all one loft, one loft style. That's the way they're doing it. Well, um, Philippines, they, you know, they're, uh, they, they're pretty good at racing chickens. Oh, really? I didn't know well, that. They, uh, they go through a lot of chickens. Okay. That's probably not, probably not for this one, but yeah, they raise a lot of chickens. Good okay. chickens. And they're Yeah, I saw a thing. Too. I saw a, a thing where they were doing, the racing was getting so big over there that there would be guys set up on top of high, high areas and they would attract the birds down by setting up these kind of ponds and pools and stuff and then they would trap them oh hey man i just trapped these uh, really uh, really awesome bloodlined racers and they would go sell them on the black market you know <laughs> and i mean well what about this too i mean guys here in the states padlocks on their lofts you know well you just spent 700 bucks on this bird and uh, you're worried about someone coming in and stealing it, you know? That's that's crazy to me, man. I mean, I have padlocks on my loss. Do you? Okay. A, well, but it's it's more practical than where you know I got great big dogs for for two legged uh, varmints, you know. But uh, the uh, the padlocks that keeps that keeps me from having accidents. I see. Yeah. Leaving a door open, um, you know that that keeps me from doing that because those doors they drop down. If that hasp isn't isn't fully closed, yeah, um, I might be missing forty breeders. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that could happen real easy. And man, I'd be ashamed to have to start all over. Oh I, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. Mine are not so. Mine are not so valuable to you know that I think that somebody would steal them. I mean, I used to worry more about them walking off with other stuff. But uh, if I had, if I paid seven hundred dollars for a bird, it would live next to my nightstand. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that's. That's just, you know, facts. I would, what's uh, the, what's I'd that guy who has the, uh, who always he was in that they did a big a big spot on him in the million dollar pigeon, um, who's always winning. He's always got these really amazing birds. I remember when he was going through his loft, he was like, yeah, thirty thousand for this one, hundred thousand for this one. You know, you always hear about the, oh man, the new record. Someone spent two million dollars on a bird, but it's like, this guy's got hundreds of birds and all of them are thousands of dollars a piece yeah just that aspect of it too you know it's and there has been you know people who've gone around and stole birds out of people's lofts and you know flipped around and sold them hey this is a whatever and you know that's and any anytime i guess you're bringing money and competition into it you know the human element really can take over and uh and change the dynamic of the thing but you know like i said i've I do this, you know, for enjoyment. You know, I want to get my white birds up to do more white dove releases and stuff like that. Um, but I, you know, it's good for my kids to see and learn about, and um, I enjoy it. You know, it's a lot of fun to, especially, you know, like I said before, I like performing birds. 
I like the athletic ability of them and training them, you know, playing the role of a trainer and a coach and, and, and taking on that role. I, I like that. It's enjoyable for me. Uh, for sure. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I think we've uh, we've said enough to upset a lot of different racer guys. They're probably swearing right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna um, they're gonna neuter us after this one. Right? Yeah. And you know, I'll just I'll just say this as a uh, as a final note here. You know, hey, we're uh, we never claim to be the know it alls or professionals, man. We're just two guys who like pigeons and like talking about pigeons. I'm and, gonna, uh, my disclaimer is that everything is is simply it's it's simply chatter you know we're just we're trying we're learning too absolutely i'm happy to share anything that i can learn i don't mind the feedback uh you know if if you know something more than me and you're willing to share by god i'm grateful yep yeah absolutely i've and you know that's 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 interesting too too because uh a lot of guys man they all have different ways of doing things and it works for them and it's always interesting to try something new because it might work for you too yeah this is this is more uh to me uh these last few these last few deals have just been more kind of airing out the different you know uh what we like about this stuff and and absolutely as as newcomers yep Um, that's right I, i all of this information that that people have shared with me uh i appreciate all of it and yeah you know that's something if if we don't if we don't share if we don't help people in this hobby um Mm -hmm. you know racing rollers shows any of that if if we can't help each other out it's it's gonna be pretty tough to want to be in that hobby yep yeah and that's it too i mean it's a uh you know, uh, I hate to say it, you know, but you read it all the time that, you know, that, oh, this hobby's a dying hobby. And I don't think it's ever going to go away. It's been around for thousands and thousands of years. But um, I do think that there needs to be a good community feeling about it and sharing information and talking about it and, you know, just being open with each other and helping each other out. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I definitely agree. It's- and any, uh, any, any hate mail I get, man, I'll just make sure to forward on over to Chris and uh, he'll handle it. And, that's uh, Chris at JCMom.com. Uh, there you go. Uh, that's probably a that's probably a thing, ain't it? I probably just had to pay royalties on that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> well, man, I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing some thoughts and some time with me on this one today, and uh, look forward to talking with you again, Chris. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye.